Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. We're so excited to be with you here today. My name is Lance Borden, and I am the son of Christian psychologist and author, Dr. Connie Borden. And we're excited today to be uh, coming to you with a topic that we think is powerful, and we think it will minister to you, especially if you, like us, have ever, have ever struggled with either uh, shame or hurts or wounds from the past, because pretty much if you're breathing, that is going to be you, uh, if you can if you can admit it. Um, but some of us, frankly, more than others, based on what we've been through. Um, how are you doing today, Mom? I'm doing really well, and you know that's such a great topic. Before we go into it, though, I just had this flash of thought. We're talking to people potentially in other countries because this is a podcast on the internet. We're also watching the Olympics. Yeah. So we could be talking to people that have family or interest in other countries in the Olympics. Yeah, Isn't right. that cool? Yeah, that is cool. You know, and you don't usually have something going on in the United States that's, well, I guess you always do, but you know, specifically. Yeah, that's worldwide in its like impact. This, like the World Wide Web. Yeah. You know what I mean, so yeah. I just thought about that. But yes, this is a very serious and important topic. I liked what you said there because you said... Um, Often we can't or won't admit it because um, it's hurtful mm-hmm. and it's very personal right. when you've been wounded or rejected. Rejection we define as not getting the love you need in the way you needed it, from whom you needed it, at the time you needed it, which is a very broad definition of basically being hurt by verbal, sexual, physical neglect, abuse, any kind of mental, emotional abuse. And so it is hard to talk about those personal things. But then secondly, you can't fix what you won't recognize. Right. And we're clear that we're triune, body, soul, and spirit created in the image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says we were made in their image, Genesis 125. So bottom line, if we miss one third of our triune being, where these hurts reside in our mind that thinks, imagines, and remembers... We set our will to think, imagine, and remember either negative or positive, which makes our emotions very negative or very positive. Yeah. Makes perfect sense when you think about it, right? Because we, you know, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, may your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless to the coming of the Lord. So a lot of people don't think in those terms, and so they're hurting. Right. But they don't know where the hurt is. On the inside. It it can't be seen. Right. Uh, You know, if I was hurting today... And you came in to do the podcast, and I said, hi, are you? And we smiled and all that kind of stuff. You would never see the hurt unless I had an outward emotion of tears or actually told you, right? Right, right. So that's very serious. Satan loves to work basically in the dark. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the Olympics. Um, it seems to me when I watch the Olympics that a lot of the performers are tortured souls. Yes. And their bodies are clearly um, in great shape because they're athletes at the top of their sport. But uh, oftentimes you see the reactions um, maybe at the end of a performance, you know, whether they win or lose. And most of the time you're going to lose, right? Because only three people medal out of fields of, you know, 20 or <laughs> years of work, right? And, practice. and years and years of work. And then you hear their backstories, which is interesting to hear and the, yes. the human loss that a lot of them have gone through over the years and their right. quest for a gold medal, you yeah. know, and that's, you know, you, you realize that the, 
the athletes that we put on pedestals are human like the rest of us, but many of them are very broken people too. Well, I think, you know, what you're saying, any population you look at, though they look very successful, uh, are hurting on the inside. And I was thinking about those that can't compete after all that because of COVID. They Mm, tested positive for COVID. I mean, a whole lifetime of work for their Olympic gold medal possibility moment and then they can't participate. Yeah. I mean, that's painful. That's, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, you talked about the triune being. We glorify someone who looks good on the outside. Right. Whether that be because of their beauty or their good looks or their physical prowess or their physical capabilities because we can see that. That's right. Right. But we can't see the hurts and wounds on the inside right. unless, like you said, they express them. And so we wanted to um, review the story of Lazarus and how Jesus ro- uh, raised him from the dead, um, because there's a really neat analogy that's buried, uh, no, no real pun intended, yeah. sort of, uh, in this story, but we thought we'd first read the story from John 11. So I'm going to go ahead and do that, starting in right, right before verse 35. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. And of course, he's talking, he's going to the tomb of Lazarus, who was a good friend who had passed away. Getting back to the text, it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And you had that. That's really where you keyed in on something there. So Talk to us about what you what you saw in what Jesus said to him after he came out of the grave. Well, this was really many years ago, and then it was brought back to my attention just this past weekend, which often happens, something that you've really got a revelation about, Jesus will bring back in the present. And the version I memorized or read that at that time said, take off the unbind him and let him go. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And I was just struck with the fact that the man was raised from the dead physically. But if he would have walked around and tried to function with the mummy strips of cloth that they bind people when they buried them with buried them with back then, he wouldn't be able to function. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, there's a subsequent step often for people that are rejected and hurt which as you mentioned in the intro that who isn't basically in some way or another, some more heinously than others. But once you're saved, you, you attach yourself or you're connected with the source, the power, the healing 
eternal life if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and confess your sins. But often people have to be unbound from strongholds that have formed because they've been hurt, and then they develop coping mechanisms of fear and anger and anxiety and depression because of those wounds practiced in their lie-based thinking over and over, whatever you think over and over, you will believe, even if it's negative, it makes neural pathways in your brain, as well as being vulnerable because of these sores, if you want to put it that way, on the inside that we can't see. Just like a sore on the outside, if you poked it, it would really hurt. So they react and they have all these actions. And so it just was another confirmation that there is a soul uh, we are spirit, soul, and body, as I already said in First Thessalonians five, eighteen, that they all may be kept blameless. Uh, Jesus said, "May you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers." Third John two, many references to the soul. Psalm twenty three, He restores my soul. So we have had the privilege and the revelation to define the soul, so we can know where Satan works, how to resist him and get him out of that area, how to purify it through the Word wash ourselves with the washing of the water of the word. It says in Ephesians for husbands to do that to their wives, which applies to anything and how we can be healed on the inside. So Lazarus was not a reference to being healed on the inside, but it is applicable that if you're just saved, because when you're saved, what happens? You're raised from the dead like Jesus to eternal life. If you die, you'll go to be with heaven for eternity. So that is one step. But what if you're wounded and you have to address that, admit it, have therapy and, and, and address it? Right. And so you know, him being raised from the dead and the encounter there with Jesus is could be equated to getting saved, yes, right? coming exactly. out of the grave, right? but then being unbound and set free, yes. literally, yes. Uh, could be analogous to the healing process of processing with the Lord. Right the hurts and wounds from the past. Now, clearly someone can have a supernatural experience with Jesus when they get saved and they can be set free from a lot of things. But it seems to me that most then start a lifetime of really walking through the sanctification process. I think so. And, and, and you know, uh, cataloging and processing, with the Lord, the things that happened before salvation and not only repenting of sin, but then walking through what needs to be a healing process for things done to you, right? Which you make a great point. Some of the um, rejection and wounding could have happened even before salvation. So it's recorded, if you want to look at it psychologically, um, neurologically on the limbic system of the brain, that's where the memories and traumas are stored. And according to Dr. Carolyn Leaf, it makes a deep impression in the neural pathways of what you think over and over, whether it's positive or negative. So it could have happened before you're saved. It doesn't mean that after when you're saved, you won't be hurt after that. Well, I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed to yeah. be hurt throughout your life. Aren't I you? mean, hurt people, hurt people, <laughs> yeah. right? And sometimes we don't mean to, and sometimes people do mean to, or they're just, again, reacting mm-hmm. more emotion than the situation calls for, and they're not being able to handle it. We all can have a, a, a push to be 
uh, responsive, hopefully, which means you have the emotion this situation calls for and you handle it. Big difference, right? Right. right. Uh, that's what we have the rage on the streets and, mm-hmm. you know, people that kill each other because somebody cut them off in traffic, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a very angry society. Not that it always wasn't, but we see it in that type of thing in our era because of driving and that type of thing. It just seems ridiculous. I mean, that they can't, they would take a gun and kill somebody because they come. But what I realized that that person is at the end of a long line of people they're already angry at. They haven't dealt with those reactions that came from being rejected and wounded. And then they build and build and build hurt, anger, resentment, bitterness, rage, rebellion, Often the rebellions against God and the final analysis or society or against somebody you don't even know. Yeah. I don't even care as right. long as I hurt somebody, right? Yeah, yeah right. Well, uh, one thing we've watched recently that kind of plays into this, um, and I recommend it um, for, for, our, for our friends, uh, for those of you that are listening, that you might, uh, if you have an evening where you're watching a movie or looking for a movie, um, my family, my wife and I especially really like to watch documentaries. I guess my kids probably aren't into documentaries yet, but definitely my wife and I are. And we uh, like to search kind of the documentaries that are available to watch whenever we get a chance to to take in something. And um, we came across uh, one called the, called the Jesus Music the other day, and it's a 2021 release movie, so it's relatively new. Um, and it is all about the origins and really the story of contemporary Christian music, where it began, how it started in the 70s, essentially, with the Jesus movement that really swept the nation, where hippies and um, young people of that era were being radically saved because everything the world offered them from drugs to alcohol to rock and roll to sex did not fulfill, right? As it right. never does. Right. But in that generation, they were an exploratory generation. That was, frankly, your generation, right? right. They were looking for um, a high, mm. if you will. And right. young people were, were being introduced to Jesus, a lot of it, and as you, as you would see in the documentary started in California, but it was happening in pockets all over the U S. Um, and in that or out of that came really young people playing the type of music they were used to listening to in the secular world that started putting Christian words to it and contemporary Christian music was born. But anyway, it goes decade by decade and goes through the popular music, popular Christian music of every decade since then. And for me, being a 45-year-old man, it was really the soundtrack of my life. And kind of, it was very moving to me to see all of that and see how it all came to be and, and reminisce and remember where I, you know, where I was in those eras of those different decades uh, until now. Um, but it also, it was really neat how it's the documentary, and I won't completely spoil it for you because I'd love you to watch it, but it starts with Jesus and the movement about Jesus and the youth movement there in the seventies. And I'm, I'm happy to say it, it ends with Jesus present day with the type of praise and worship music that's coming out of a lot of places. Um, but in the documentary, they talked and walked through, they talked about and walked through the stories of some of the most popular Christian artists mm. and just about every one of them that they highlighted right. dealt with a lot of hurt mm-hmm. and wounding and pain mm-hmm. 
And there was one name in there that you keyed in on that I, that I remember from childhood and you were, um, a young adult or maybe in your twenties and thirties during his prime, if you will, of when he was popular, but the story of Russ Taff, right. Right. Really right. stood out to you. So talk about that for a minute. Well, Russ Taff is popular to me with the Gaithers. He sings a lot with the Gaithers, but a very great voice. But what this video showed was that he really had an alcohol problem the whole time he was performing. Not that he didn't love Jesus, which is, this is the point. It's not that you don't love Jesus. It's that you're wounded and you feel like you need something to self-medicate with. In his case, he chose alcohol. and some of the other instances, it was drugs and everything. Um, and it was just sad to me because I didn't realize that. I didn't know that was going on in his background. Such a gifted artist and so moving when he sings, like all of them. Right. But that piece of him, even though he knew Jesus and was very popular, was never evidently healed. Right. And the question begs the question, did he not know how to get that healed? Did he uh, just think this is the way it is? Because you can know Jesus and still be blocked from chronic sin that you can't get free from. It's a stronghold. It has a stronghold on you. Or chronic sin without repentance, or you repent and then go back to it. I mean, it's just a vicious cycle of being trapped, basically, by Satan in something he wants to trap you with. That's why Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. Um, that prophesied in Isaiah 61, performed when he stood up in the temple, right? In the Gospels. And so the bottom line is, he came and he mentioned it right there. But it was, uh, you introduced this video to Dad and I, and we watched it with you, and I had the same uh, response uh, in seeing all these great people hurt, I mean, Amy Grant, I mean, some of the great ones, Michael Smith, um, because they tried to reach a population that the traditional church that was basically based on hymns and traditional denominational music could not embrace, could not accept. Uh, Amy did a crossover thing at one point where she went to just straight pop music from Christian, and these people were deeply hurt because there was no doubt about it that they loved the Lord, but not accepted, not understood. And some of it was really out there. I could name a few names that yeah. I, I was the adult in your life that was in the church loved some of it, accepted some of it, but felt like the heavy metal mm -hmm. was bringing the spirit down because chords can do that, can yeah. bring your spirit down rather than up. And then was just almost like, you know, a heavy metal rock uh, concert. Well, and a lot of them were, uh, they, which you'll see this in the documentary, it, like I said, started with music about Jesus. Correct. But it became about the artist. That's right. And it became about the money and then, you know, frankly, the, the fame, power and wealth that came to those people. Usually fame, wealth and power is destructive unless you've really got a handle on Jesus being first in your life. And maybe you are really healed, right? Because well, if there's it, anything that will be able to grab on to hurts and wounds, it's going to be fame, power, and notoriety, and the the strokes of the world, if you will, that makes those hurts feel better. Well, that's the big problem, whether you're a famous artist, whether you're a televangelist, like some of them have really fallen, whether you're a pastor that's fallen from grace, 
you then attach to success and fame and position and money sometimes to also self-medicate the wound, whether it's that or whether it's drugs or alcohol, it's your high. Mm -hmm. And even if you know Jesus, it's a very present high when you get in front of a crowd and they're cheering and going nuts and you just feel like you are the king of the world. And that takes over uh, for the intimacy and the deep touch if the person ever had it. Because sometimes you can be saved and not develop an intimate relationship with Christ. That takes discipleship, as we've talked about many times. And so it just takes over. And so you're either surviving if you're bound in drugs, literally trying to survive. You can be successful in the world, but still be wounded and never be significant where you're healed and whole from save, salvation, destined for eternal life. Then you're healed on the inside of any rejection or trauma that happened to you so that there's nothing to self-medicate about. There's no separation, right? I just want to say one other thing I learned that I haven't shared with you yet. Back in that time when they were rejecting those artists. So you're talking about when the church was rejecting these hippies that were coming off the street. Yeah, right? or even the Kirk Franklins and the you know people that were kind of accepted by the church, mm-hmm. but they were kind of doing a crossover or whatever, and they were hurt right. you know, by what was said. People would get on, uh, pastors and televangelists would get on and just name them. Right. And excoriate them, yeah. literally. But anyway, um, you know when you're doing uh, something that's a taping, you have WPM, which is words per minute, right? right. And you have BPM, which were, which means beats per minute. Okay. During this era, they had JPM. How many times was Jesus mentioned in a song? Hmm. And if it didn't have a certain criteria that someone put on it, a judgment, they wouldn't play the song or promote the song. Interesting. So Even that though was, it was a great song in this era. And that was something era. that the church put out? Or yeah, yeah. Or, there, or people wow. that were monitoring mm-hmm. uh, the new music. Right. They were monitoring if it didn't have Jesus in there. Now, you know you've heard many. How about the Hallelujah Chorus? I'm not sure that has Jesus in it. <laughs> right. Well, it right? means Hallelujah means God be praised. But right, the name of Jesus, Jesus. is not This said. was JPM. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it get legalistic. Right. And ridiculous. And a lot of people were hurt over that, is the point, right? Right. 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 Yeah. So, you know, know, when we realize that we are hurt and wounded, though we're saved, um, you know, it's important to go to the Lord and and or go to a resource like a counselor or a pastor that understands these things and seek healing, right? Because it's available to all of us if we know about it and we know that Jesus wants to heal it. Well, right? I mean, a current testimony is a client that I've had recently, and he was very wounded. He was His mother was verbally in a, uh, abusive. His father was verbally abusive. They got a divorce. You, you name it, it happened to him. I mean, she would literally beat him when he was very young. And so the point is, by going, recognizing, he's gone through his entire life, he's like 60-some years old, and realizing that he's not doing well. He's a rageaholic. He gets angry. He's angry. He's triggered, like we said. So then going back to his wounds, making a timeline, 0 to 5, 6 to 11, of the events he remembers, the traumas, taking him through steps of healing, confessing his reactions, forgiving the people that abused him, 
um, calling down lie-based thinking, breaking strongholds, asking Jesus to heal him on the inside, literally in prayer, brought him so far that today he's reconciled with his two daughters. He is um, in church again. He's leading worship. He has a wonderful voice. I've never heard it, but I'm going to believe him because he's leading worship and blessing people. And he's just been turned on again to the Jesus that he knew that was doused and, and weakened because these hurts led and his actions led through these hurts. So what I'm suggesting, or what I know, is that a lot of Christians are saved, but they're stuck. Mm. They're stuck from being significant. They're stuck from helping other people. They're stuck from realizing their purpose because they're still dealing with the past. And it's not that they shouldn't, or, or that wasn't something that affects them, but if they keep stuffing it and, or spewing it, that's what you usually do with reactions, and not dealing with it, then your life purpose, your significance, affecting other people can all be um, minimized or maybe never realized. Right. And so that's what I think I got out of the video. I was listening to a hymn, uh, which we love. I love this hymn, but the stanza says, I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. And when I heard that, I thought, wow, I wish that was always true. Of course, you have to meet Jesus, the healer, inside and out. But it isn't always instant when you meet him. It's a process after that and seeing that soul area to be healed. Right. Right. That's good. I was, as you were talking about the steps, you know, I was reminded of the fact that all of those are laid out. If anybody wants to get a resource in the book, Saved But Not Free, which you wrote, and it takes you through that process. It takes you through the, every detail. The making of a timeline, the 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 inventory, and uh, seeking the Lord for healing. So if you would like to walk through that process um, and you don't have another resource to do it with, I um, highly recommend that book, which you can get at savedbutnotfree.com. But also you can... Uh, you know, we, we highly recommend seeking out a godly Christian counselor that understands inner healing. Yes. Uh, even some churches have programs right. for freedom ministry. Exactly. Um, and really processing those wounds either in a group setting or in a, you know, in a counseling setting. And they can download free of charge the steps to healing at, at our ministry website, tollytransformed.org, right. tollytransformwithaned.org. Yep. If right? you go to our resources, our yeah. uh, resources tab and go to print resources. Um, you can go to um, five R's to victory in your thought life um, and download that there. Actually, in the book, there's an appendix. It's like a textbook. Every resource like that that I that I make available to clients is in the back of this book. So it's not only the process and composites of clients without identification and what it looked like when they were wounded and needed healing and how they came out of it. It's got all these resources in the back of that book. Yeah. There's also, there's another uh, article that we have on there that's, uh, that walks you through, um, some of this in a, in a short condensed form. Um, and it's called, um, I'm a Christian. So what's wrong with me? Right. Or no, how Satan, how say, what is it? How Satan defeats Christians or how you can defeat him instead, which right. is a very short summary basically of the book of the need. Yeah. So yes, you can download that as well and whet your appetite to read more in the book. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, 
hopefully that was ministered to you today. Um, John 11 is the story of Lazarus. Uh, if you want to go back and review that, um, starting in verse 34. But uh, why don't we spend some time in prayer today, okay. praying for those that recognize that they're dealing with hurts and wounds that have been buried, and they're crying out and they want to be set free okay. today. Um, why don't you lead us in prayer? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this privilege of talking to people potentially around the world that we'll never meet. Who's ever that person, whoever that person is, man, woman, child, we just thank you, Lord, that Holy Spirit can just reach them right now. He can make these words be those that pierce their hearts, even if their heart has been hardened by hurts and wounds and rejection. Lord, we pray that you would heal that hardness. You would open their heart and their mind, their ears and their eyes to see the spiritual revelation that we're talking about today to see that they can be saved, but they may not be free. They may be bound like a mummy in a grave, and they've come forth from death to salvation, but they don't know what's wrong with them. They're angry, they're hurt, they're depressed, they're anxious. They're just trapped, basically, by strongholds. What's a stronghold? It has a stronghold on them. And Lord, we know you address this many times in the word. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What is a weapon? The healing blood of Jesus, the healing word, the healing name of Jesus. Lord, we just send that out over this internet today because there's no distance in prayer. There's no distance in anointing. They can receive this word. They can be healed right now. I just pray as they confess reactions and hurts, as they forgive their offenders, as they receive the healing balm of Gilead right now, right now in this moment, Lord Jesus, as they cast down lies they've believed from Satan, that you don't love them, that they've done too many things to be saved or healed, that they could never be redeemed or they could never have a purpose. Satan, you're a liar and a thief. And we bind you in Jesus' name off of anybody that is hearing our voices. We command you to flee because the word says, submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee. And we can agree and do that on behalf of other people. We can call down every lie they've ever believed. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you draw them to your heart because you never, ever have stopped loving them. You will never leave them or forsake them. You wish that none would perish and come short of the glory of God. So, Lord, let that be real right now. Let them respond. Let them get the help they need after this podcast and to find resources because they're out there for them. Jesus wants them to be free. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for bringing them to this podcast. And we thank you and praise you in advance for what you're going to do through this radio, through this podcast and this word, giving you all the praise, glory and honor for helping these people. In Jesus' name we pray, believe and receive all these things. Amen. 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 Well, uh, we really have enjoyed presenting this to you today. And uh, like Dr. Connie prayed, 
Jesus wants you to be set free. So go with that knowledge today. Seek him for your healing until you've received it because it's available to you as a follower of Jesus Christ. If they want to contact us. You can reach out to us at info at totallytransformed.org. Info at totallytransformed.org. And uh, let us know what you need, how we can be agreeing with you in prayer. Um, We would love to hear from you there. Thank you for joining us today on the Totally Transformed Podcast. Podcast.